All right, here we go, folks. Welcome to Jetsetra. It's the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, sports, and etc. I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined as usual by sports columnist Mike McIntyre. Mike, it's episode 70. We're calling it the Oleg Tverdoski episode. Dun, 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 dun. Part of a big trade in Winnipeg Jets history. It was. So, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, Tverdoski, of course, was taken. He was taken second overall in the 1994 draft by Anaheim. And as we all know, was later traded to the Jets as part of the deal that sent Timu to Southern California. Uh, Oleg played an uneventful 31 games here in Winnipeg before the team, zero goals and eight assists, before the team moved to uh, uh, Arizona and became the, at that time, Phoenix Coyotes. Uh, he, He did not wear number 70 with the Jets. He wore number 70 for only one season with the Carolina Hurricanes in 2005, 2006, but it turned out to be a lucky number that year, Mike. Yes. In that one season, the Canes won the Stanley Cup. Uh, he also won a cup with the Devils in 2003. So the guy had a pretty good career. Just um, yeah, hard to say what he, what kind of career he would have had here with the Jets if right. they had stayed, but they left anyways. Um, he was later traded back to the Ducks, where he had a pretty, he had some good seasons there. Whatever. Is that the worst trade <laughs> in NHL history, Mike? I'm writing about this in my playbook. Yeah. For tomorrow. I'm going to ask folks what they think the, the the worst trade in NHL history was. It, it'd be one of them. It, for sure. Because, um, I mean, as you say, Tverdoski went on to have a pretty good career. Not bad. Chad Kilger did not. Uh, he had a journeyman kind of fourth line right. career. He played 700 games, actually. I looked it up yesterday. Wow. Yeah, he played that's 700 lot, NHL games. That's about 500 yeah. more than I would have thought. Yeah, me too. Most yeah, of them so, are forgettable, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he played for the Leafs for quite but a while. But considering... Yeah. Um, what Timu went on to do. Timu had like I mean, 1,400 points or something like that. Right, yeah. and, and won a cup. And, yeah, uh, you Hall know, of Fame. That's a, that's He's Timu, man. Not only that, he became Timu. I know. But <laughs> Timu's still kind of, he's beloved around here, right? I'd say by most. Is he people. the most beloved Jet of all time? I don't know. I think Dale Howarchuk probably. Close. Yeah, it's a one-two race. Did we not do, uh, remind me what the results were when we did, ta- was it Taylor Allen did our he did. greatest? Clara, ma- Clara Hughes won. Right, but and but I believe, was Timu and Ducky both, both kind of in like the, the f- final four? Final four, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think yeah. maybe Chris Walby was up there too. <laughs> I'm not sure. Chris uh, is beloved for he sure. He is, for sure. <laughs> we lo- I love Chris Walby. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, it's it's a one-two. There's another future playbook. You can ask who the most beloved Jet is. is it so Ducky what's the worst? trade yeah so the worst trade for me was always the one where the chicago blackhawks sent uh phil esposito right ken hodge who was my favorite player as a as a as a as a child and fred stanfield to the bruins for a joe marat pitt martin and some other guy okay so like hello like you know what i mean like to me at the that's always been my memory as the worst nhl trade in history right but there's been other bad ones the one where the canucks sent cam neely to the bruins uh and a guy and a draft pick that turned out to be glenn wesley (laughs) uh for some guy named barry peterson that was pretty bad um what do you think more modern times, I think one that a lot that was of a modern. Fo- well, in terms of like really bad <laughs> trades, say in in recent years. Are you calling me old? Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
um, is the trade uh, involving Washington and Nashville. That'll be the the uh, Philip Forsberg trade, right? Oh, that they got him for a yeah, song. Forsberg you know, I'm looking. Not, there, there is. Nah. It's interesting. There is a. There's a, a hockeywriters.com here. They did a compilation of the 10 worst trades oh, in NHL history. Oh, there's tons of those stories on the internet. Right. right. And But you've touched on several of them. The Timu trade is is yeah. on there. The Gretzky trade for sure. I mean, any you've traded the greatest player of all time right. to you know the Kings for Jimmy Carson and a bunch of draft picks. How about picks the Patrick Waugh trade? Yeah, that, that one's up there to the Eric Lindros trade where the Quebec Nordiques yes. uh, sent him to Philadelphia or whatever. And then Philadelphia, uh, Quebec got all these draft picks and players, including Philip Forsberg, a bunch of players. That was a terrible trade for Philly. Although Lindros, you know, Lindros was a great player. Right. So um, um, neither Tavardoski or Kilgore ended up being great players. So when you get a great player back, yeah. I, I, you know, it might be not a great trade, but at least you got a great player back, right? This is a timely discussion, Steve, and I'm sure you've yeah, done this on purpose because there's going to be a lot of trades I don't do anything happening. on purpose, Mike. <laughs> Very good segue <laughs> because we are in kind of the NHL silly season here and there will probably be some bad trades made over the next few days. Let's get to the first period on that then, Mike, okay? Since we've talked about, uh, since we've taken all that time in our... Uh, okay, so today uh, we're going to chat about the NHL's expansion draft and the Jets losing Mason Appleton uh, to the Kraken. Uh, the Appleton Spice Rum goes to the Kraken Spice Rum. Uh, what the Jets might do in a trade or free agency, which starts next week, and the NHL draft is tonight. It's currently Friday, uh, July the 20-something. 4th? 23rd. 23rd. I was only one off. Um, we'll talk about the Bombers getting ready for their season opener on August 5th. The Gold Eyes got the go-ahead to come back home on August 3rd. And on August 4th, Mike, I'm going to play golf again. That's going to be one heck of a week. It is. The Downs also got I know. Uh, permission to <laughs> have family's fans. already making plans to go to that. We should too. go to the Downs on Monday, the Gold Eyes on Tuesday, golf on Wednesday, and the Bombers, Bombers on Thursday. Thursday. D- Monday, Ooh. I believe, Steve. Might as well take the Isn't week that off. Derby Day? Is, is that Monday not? is Derby Day. So you got Derby you're Day. Right. Gold Eyes home opener. Uh, return and then you you're in a golf tournament. You're re- long away to return to the links and then bombers. Like what that event is- do you think the most people will be at? Not my golf game, probably. <laughs> well, I don't know the bombers, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's go on to the first period, Mike. Uh, so the Jets lost uh, first period, Mike. The Jets lost Mason Appleton to the Seattle Kraken on. Uh, Whatever day it was this week. uh, Wednesday night. Wednesday, thanks. It's actually Wednesday morning when it leaked out, but it was Wednesday night it was made official. Um, Best case scenario for the team? Yeah, for a Jets team in terms of, you know, they knew they were going to lose a good player. uh, Okay, that's debatable. They knew they they were going to lose a player. Uh, unless they made some kind of side deal where you actually risk making the situation worse. A la, Just to clarify that, folks, I'm not a big Mason Apple. You're not fan. a big Mason Apple, no. Uh, so, you know, if you look at where the Jets need the most help, although I think this is also debatable because you bring up some good points about the Jets' bottom six very much needing a revamp, and that's true. And Mason Appleton was part of that bottom six, so it does create another hole along with a fourth line that now doesn't even exist, Steve. I mean, folks, you may recall last year. That's another good thing, folks. 
Last year's fourth <laughs> line doesn't exist. Uh, Lewis Thompson and Perot. <laughs> or whomever. Or uh, Perot actually was a, had yeah, a decent year. But. but all those guys are unrestricted free agents and the good chance none of them are back. So the Jets do have to fill a bunch of holes. I wouldn't mind seeing Matthew Perot back. What about and, you? And I wouldn't either. I mean, not at the four plus that he no, was no, making, no. but uh, nobody's giving him that. Uh, but the Jets certainly a lot of focus on the blue line and two guys that I would say that they definitely did not want to lose much more than than Mason Appleton are Logan Stanley, 23-year-old with the big size, obviously, and the reach and the nastiness and certainly a lot of upside first-round pick that they're hoping is just starting to come in. Seems to have some hockey acumen to him. For sure. Uh, And Dylan DeMello, who arguably was their best defensive defenseman, not all around necessarily. I'd say Neil Pionk is that guy. And they hope Josh Morrissey could be that guy too. And he has been at times. But Dylan DeMello is a shutdown defender. And for a team that does give up too many chances in their own end, you if they lost Dylan DeMello, now they got to go out and get a guy like him plus other help. So Do they give up to, I, I, this is sorry, sort of a tangent, but it is a podcast that happens, right? Um, do they give up too many chances in their own zone because of the defenseman or because of the forwards? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. but <laughs> Good no, answer. But you are correct, Steve. That it is not all on the defense and it shouldn't be. And Paul Maurice, at various times last season, you could tell without wanting to completely throw certain forwards under the bus, <coughs> Kyle Connor, <coughs> Nikolai Ehlers. <laughs> Um, I mean, there are forwards on this team still. And even Mark Shifley. Yep. Even Blake had, Wheeler, Mark Blake Shifley. Wheeler, right. all, all of them. So all of them, you mean. Except maybe Andrew Kopp, who tends right. to. And Adam Lowry. And Adam Lowry. And, you know, I I, I, I didn't I liked Pierre-Luc Dubois playing his own zone. Yeah, yeah. That, for sure. The knock against Pierre-Luc Dubois wasn't that his defense was terrible. No. It's that he didn't score. Yeah. Uh, so they, they do need work in that department. Um, but they for sure could use some blue liners that that are a little more capable of exiting the zone cleanly. And Dylan DeMello does a lot of those things. I mean, if you want to look at recent history, the Jets swept the Oilers. And a big reason is they shot McDavid and Dreisaitl, other than one game where McDavid Dreisaitl only got three points each. The Jets really held that duo in check. And a big part of that, Steve, was Paul Maurice moved uh, Tucker Pullman off the top pair with Josh Morrissey, and he put Dylan DeMello. And DeMello and Morrissey were really good in that first round. Um, then two things happened in round two. Mark Shifley lost his mind and got suspended. But Dylan DeMello got hurt on the first shift of game right. two. And I that didn't help the Jets. So, yeah, the, this is a best-case scenario. They will have internal candidates. Um, I guess the jury is out on how how excited we should be. Like, can Christian Veselainen, Jansen Harkins, David Gustafson, Cole Perfetti, all of whom, by the way, are left shots. Mason Appleton, the Jets have almost no right shots left on their team. I think they have two forwards. That's something they need to address because you can't just roll out all lefties. Um, Why? So, Why? Well, because <laughs> it's too many guys playing their off wing and it, okay, and it yeah. takes away right. passing lanes. And right. yeah. Some guys work better actually on their off wing, right. but you can't just have. Like I mean, Ehlers, it, right? it's too predictable for sure. Nikolai yeah. Ehlers loves playing, and even Patrick Line used to enjoy playing. Like he was, you know, he he'd move over, and that it sets up the one timer perfectly. But I mean, Mason Appleton, 
I'm sure he'll go on to to do some pretty good things in Seattle. He'll get a good chance there for sure. But yeah, best case scenario, indeed. And Kevin Chevalier wisely didn't make a deal to try and protect an Appleton because you know, depending on what. Oh my God, there's a gazillion of Mason Appletons out there. Like, right. Yeah. Why would you make? Yeah. It's yeah. interesting, Steve. Nobody made any of those deals. Like Seattle's asking price must have been astronomical. You look back at what Vegas did when they built their team and how many GMs doubled down on disaster that year made it worse. Nobody made that mistake this year. Everybody seemed resigned to the fact they were going to lose a player. And as you say, the Jets have lost a player, but a replaceable one at that. <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Cetera podcast. Mike, you touched on it a little bit in the first period there about the Jets' defense and how they you know, they still have uh, DeMello and Stanley. They still have Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk. Um, who else do they have signed? They have Dylan Sandberg signed. Billy Hanlon. Billy Hanlon signed. Is that such a bad Nathan starting Bilyeu. six? I, you know, I... I, I uh, no, I don't, Morrissey, I don't think Pionk, it is. DeMello, Stanley, Hanela, Sandberg. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that, frankly. Um, and I think it's 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 funny, interesting. You know, you had a story in our, our paper today. Uh, Kevin Chevaldeoff had an availability yesterday, and, and I'm sure you guys were all asking him which defenseman he was going to go out and sign or trade for. And, and you know, and he was – he keeps his words close to the yes. best at the best of times. But what he did say, he says, you know, we have to give some value to the young players that we have in the organization and put them up beside what a potential free agent might look like right. and see where things are going to be at 20, 30, 40 games down the road or even one or two years down the road, sure. right? Would you be in a better position with those players having played that amount of games and gained that amount of experience? When I read that this morning, Mike, that tells me that Kevin she- Shevoldayoff is not going to go out or can't go out and and plug in some top pairing defenseman that everybody in this city seems to think that he should just go and do right. with some sort of magic wand <laughs> uh, because he has one, right? Do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so, you know, he's he's setting you up here, right? He's setting everybody up here. The reality is is that there's a there, – to me, it seems like there's a, a chance anyways that the Jets go into the into the season with those guys that we just mentioned and Nathan Bullew and maybe even Derek Forbert again, right? Didn't right. He? Like it may just be that, yeah, they resign or Tucker Pullman, who's also a UFA, right. that they and Kevin Chevaldeff, I asked him specifically, have you closed the door on any of those guys, those UFAs of your own? And he said, um, well, he, that's where he used the balls in the air thing and he said in each one decision would affect another it sounds to me like he's potentially going to try some things but if it doesn't he would circle back and he's kind of told these guys camps basically like go out and if you can get a good deal somewhere by all means yeah knock yourself out but uh we may be coming back to you sort of on day two of free agency or something hat in hand saying uh, now also also last night you sent me a text with a, a, a quote from an Elliot Friedman story on Sportsnet or whatever where what's his name David, David Savard Smart. David Savard is who a I free, think would be a good target right so he's a free agent defenseman he went from Columbus to Tampa at the trade deadline or and and they paid a very big price by the way did. the Jets were the Jets were very interested in David Savard at the deadline the Jets were not going to pay what Columbus got, which was, I believe it was a first and a second rounder. Right. So now the question is, is that will David Savard or anybody like him, A, come to Canada, B, more importantly, will they come to the Jets? Uh, history has shown that 
top free agents are not coming to Winnipeg. Sorry, folks. I mean, you know, I don't mean to say this again, but Ryan Ellis was traded to the Philadelphia Flyers uh, last week. Adam Larson, a really good defensive defense, a really good defenseman. Period. Uh, signed with the Seattle Kraken right. from Got the out Oilers. of Canada as quick as he exactly. could. Exactly. Jamie Oleksiak from Dallas went to Seattle. Who the Jets tried to get at the trade right. deadline. So, I, you know. Dougie it, Hamilton, spoiler folks, is going to sign with an American team. Right. Seth Jones is going to, to be Chicago, traded probably yeah. to Chicago. So, Kevin Sheveldayoff's magic wand, uh, <laughs> which uh, is given to him by Mark Chipman, <laughs> cannot, you know, do the impossible. Limited powers. It does, yes. And, and, and one of the big limits the limitations that it has is luring free agents to winnipeg right. and, and and that's just that's the way it is the the biggest free agent that they've signed him i that i can remember is dimitri kulikov right do you know what i mean and so i guess kulikov was used to the russian winter or something and <laughs> came here or something right yeah where the jets have had i guess a bit of success or maybe a lot is is re-signing guys that come here and then maybe you know so we yeah. talk about free agent matthew pro re-signed right they got him in a trade no no they signed him as a free agent i believe did they not get him as a as a trade the first time around was it a free agent Don't so they so. signed him twice yeah. i guess then yeah um three-year deal as first free agency thing, okay right and then he yeah. re-upped so um not and, a big but, name free agent though no uh but more than that is their own drafted and developed guys that they've had a pretty good track record of holding on to their guys yep. and getting them like That's Connor Hallebuck, need, Kyle right. Connor, Mark Scheifele. This is where they blah, need blah, blah. to spend their money. This is where they need to make the team. And so in my mind, Kevin Chevaldeoff has done a really, really good job at that. Yeah. He has. And the reason that he hasn't done a really, really good job at this other thing is because he can't, folks. And so uh, the expectations out there for this team, and I'm going to get to this today. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, Mike, you and I. Whatever. Should be should fans in Winnipeg be happy with the Winnipeg Jets competing, making the playoffs? They're one of the most winningest teams in the league over the last five years. Right. They are. They are. Yeah. You know they they've won a couple of playoff series. They got to a conference final. They they swept the Oilers this year. They've they've had some success. Um, no, they haven't won a Stanley Cup, but nobody in Canada has won a Stanley <laughs> 28 Cup. 28 long years. Right, since 1993. There wasn't even, was there internet then? So basically <laughs> pre-internet since, it, you know what I mean? <laughs> it used to be the Bombers hadn't won a great cup right. since the internet came along. But now it's no team in Canada has won it. You know, and so um, right. you know, for all the people who want, you know, have Cheval Dia fired if he doesn't get a top four defenseman or top defenseman, like it's just, this is hard. Yeah, and to be clear, it's not just a Winnipeg thing. It's it's no. it's a Canada thing no. because this Look at the Oilers. The same discussion is happening Look at in the Edmonton, Leafs, right? Even. Right. They can't the Leafs defense and same thing. Sure they've been able to get some big name free agent forwards, but usually those are hometown guy John Tavares, right? Yeah, that's an yeah, yeah. That was a bit of an anomaly, but that's and it's Toronto. Like, let's be let's be serious here. Right. Same with Montreal. Montreal, Vancouver, and Toronto are going to have a little bit more success because you've been to those places, yeah. right? You've so now it, been to Montreal. You're wearing an Expos hat. I today. am, yes, indeed. Uh, so, if you're the Jets heading into this next week um, with your blue line, we talk, you know, which has been a primary focus for sure. They have those six guys we just talked about. I I, I describe it as the core four right now. I like that core four: uh, <laughs> Morrissey, Pionk, Demello, Stanley. 
who were all regulars last year, and they're back. Then you've got the emerging two in in Henela and Samberg. Yeah, you got to let these guys play. You've got depth still signed in in Nathan Bolio and Sammy Niku. Although it wouldn't shock me to see the Jets flip Niku to somebody for even a late round draft pick right. today or tomorrow, right. just to get another pick because they only have four this weekend. And Sammy Niku's not in their plans, I can no. tell you. Uh, but they do have Nate Bolio, who really should just be a seventh or eighth guy that yep. only is playing if there's injuries. So I do expect the Jets will add a body or two. I just don't know that it's going to be a big name body, as you say. Steve. It's not going to be a top pairing defenseman. No, I just don't see. I, I'm not sure how they would do. I mean, that. unless it's Ooh. a trade, yeah, unless maybe. they trade a guy who has some some contract like not a guy who's right. gonna so rasmus ristolainen is a name that's yeah, out there it's not a top pairing defense no folks. um he was a first a very high ranked draft pick so was nathan Beaulieu. he was yeah <laughs> um but rasmus here's the thing about trading for ristolainen what are you even giving up steve he's a ufa next summer all right so again is first of all do you even want to sign him beyond a season or are, are you trading I something i think the jets were a pretty good team last year they 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 were they were competing for top spot in the division for most of the year. Right. Uh, they had that weird seven-game losing streak. I still don't know what, what the heck happened there or whatever. Yeah. Didn't. I, I mean, don't think so. And then they were just, pretty good. There was a good. weird schedule. It was. Like, and then they were pretty good in the playoffs. Montreal won seven of their last 21 games, and then right. they went to the Stanley Cup final. Weird so year, man. For sure. I don't know how much we can read into that. But, um, yeah, if, the, if you're the Jets, probably temper the expectations. Um, I do wonder if some, you know, in, in addition to their own free agents like Pullman or Forbert, if they double back, I mean, could we see guys like Travis Hamanuk, who I thought might have made some sense a year ago? He's a he's an unrestricted free agent. He's a guy you might be able to plug in on your third pair right side. Yeah. And he probably has some game. And, and there's a guy who would come here. He's from St. Malo. We know he loves... Maybe. I think maybe. he would. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of talk. that I'm not against them getting maybe a 5-6 six, a six guy that has a veteran guy like that that maybe... Uh, but uh, I mean, I'm not against them getting a, a, to, a, a top defenseman right. either. But just I just don't see that happening. Much easier yeah. said than done. Yeah. As much as people would like to see Dougie Hamilton or Seth Jones, it ain't happening. Or folks. Adam Larson, Jamie Alexic, right? Ryan who Elf also would have been, been great. Good. Yeah, all great fits. Yeah. Not yeah. happening. All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Setter podcast. At least we hope we are. We did have some technical malfunctions again. yesterday. Yeah, again. Um, I don't know why they let me operate this machine, folks. Like, um, there's this evil, evil-looking machine that we have here that we we record our podcast on. It's like it's from space or something like right. that. It, but it looks like it'll bite you here. I got a story. Oh my god, I was cycling the other day, bike yeah. through the this park or whatever, and all of a sudden on my left leg, I was being stung. Oh my God! This wasp. While you're in motion. Yeah, while I was in motion. It's a pretty quick wasp. I know. I must. I must have ran into it, and then all of a sudden, it made it mad. And it made it mad, and then it just stuck to my leg, and it 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 stung me like it felt like twice or whatever. And I'm like, ah! I was with somebody or whatever. She's like, what's going on? I was like, oh, I just got stung or whatever. But anyways, let me share my quick uh, insect bike riding story. Years ago, I did a bike ride out to Lockport. I know you do a Lockport bike ride and back. And it was like sort of late evening. I was on my way back and there were all these bugs that were just like pelting me in the face, like gnats or whatever. Yeah, that happens now. So they were all like, I could feel them almost caking. I had my bike helmet on. I could feel them all over me. 
that wasn't the issue. The issue, Steve, was then all of a sudden a crow started following me and like dive bombing at me. I don't know if it's because it could smell all the insects on me, but I felt like I was this moving target wow. and this thing was like swooping at my head. And I was, I was actually on the highway, like on, uh, on main street right. coming back and I'm, I don't like birds like in closed spaces. Well, I did not offer Hitchcock movie. It was. And I had this thing coming at my head. I don't know if it was trying to get me or just the bugs that were all over me. We were but. that same ride there. I was talking about where I got stung. I later going through San Vitale where I saw this dead crow on the uh, side of the road and I actually was happy to see the dead crow. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like I'm not just there's a there's, I'm not a fan of crows. Oh, really? They're super annoying. Uh, I they're super intelligent. Yeah, I've I heard am that. a big they don't fan look of so crows. smart. I uh, I also if once... they're so smart, what are they yapping about all the time? Like, like... <laughs> if he's so smart, why is he dead on the side of the road? <laughs> exactly. Why is he <laughs> not, dive bombing your head? Not so smart now, are you, yeah, Mr. Yeah, crow? Yeah, Mr. Smart. I actually got uh, They're like I, evil. I got stung once in the mouth while I was biking to the law courts when when from home a, a wasp went in my mouth. It stung nice. me. And my mouth began to swell up. I've never had an allergic reaction to a sting. This was the, cl and I remember it started to feel numb. And I remember stopping by a parked car to look in the mirror to see what my face looked like. And it was all puffed up because it got me did right. Did you say carked par? <laughs> I did say carked par. <laughs> did you? I think you did. I did. Yeah. I stopped at a carked par. <laughs> Anyways, back to our sports stuff here, Mike. Or, or we're on the third period. So we, we are. We talk about anything. Sure. There's no rules, frankly, Steve. We can talk about anything right. on this anyways. This is our podcast. It's not like anybody's listening. No. Is Hi, there? Mom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, so, okay, so exciting news. Right. Yesterday, Mike, the Gold Eyes got the go-ahead to have uh, fans, uh, uh, for them to come back to Winnipeg and to have fans in the stands. And the Downs has gotten approval to have... Um, Fans in the stands, 50%. Right, um, and on the whole concourse. And, yeah, and, all and that, the yeah. Bombers are going to have. So <laughs> I can't Everything remember. is happening. Did we talk about this already on the on the, on the the podcast? Well, we just talked at the beginning. We talked about what a busy week that's going right. to be so for that's, you. Right, that, so that'll be an exciting week. Yeah, and so the Gold Eyes, like the hang-up here, of course, wasn't um, the ability to have fans because if for weeks now, we've known that the government would allow, like the Bombers got permission weeks ago. Right. The hang-up for the Gold Eyes was unlike the Bombers, all of their opponents are American. And so there is cross-border travel involved in a gold ice season, whereas the CFL, once the players are here, they're here for the year, and then they just go within Canada. Uh, so the gold eyes now do have the ability. And what I found most interesting, Steve, about the announcement yesterday, I don't know if it caught your eye as well, is this the news that every single player on the gold eyes and every single player on the other 11 teams in the league are fully vaccinated. Right. Did uh, They must have made that a requirement in order to play in that league, or they must have only signed guys on the condition because you look around MLB, NFL, NHL, like sure, teams have hit thresholds of like 85%, I think was what they use in MLB, and then they relax protocols. But there's lots of guys not vaccinated, and it's caused issues. Aaron Judge just got COVID at the All-Star game because he's stupidly not vaccinated. So good on the American Association. I mean, I don't know. Can an employer do that? Can you say you no, have to get I don't, vaccinated? I don't, I don't think so. Um, I don't know if they even have a players union in the American well, Association. Well, I, I, I mean, I have... And then, listen, I'm just a sports guy and, and not really knowledgeable of much of anything, frankly. But um, 
ice cream. Uh, ice cream, food. I'm pretty good at food. Yeah, um, yeah and um, and so, but I have read that. I guess it could be construed that you you could force people to get vaccinated if you were an employee employer um, to protect the other people in your yeah your right business type of thing right do you know what I mean I think that there's some there's some debate on that going I've read a couple of stories but I'm terrible I'm, I'm doing a brutal job at trying to convey what I've read <laughs> well l- let me pose a hypothetical on another piece of news that came out yesterday if you're an NFL owner today Steve are you making it a requirement that every player on your team because I don't know if you saw the news I did I saw that they would forfeit they the will game, forfeit yeah. and they yeah. will also have to like absorb all the cost it's, right. it's going to be an enormous penalty and we saw last year in the NFL, there were a number of games that had to get rescheduled and moved and delayed. Basically, the NFL, they're saying no more of that. You've all had enough warning. If any of your players get COVID and it causes a postponement, you lose the game. You lose all the money. There seems to be a lot of that type of um, movement by different right. businesses or whatever to try to get people on board with the vaccination. Our Tom Broadbeck yeah. has an editorial t- or a column today basically saying, given the high uptake in Winnipeg versus some southern regions, it's time to get serious and say to some of these people who aren't taking it seriously, like, right. screw you guys, basically. Right. So, yeah, back to the gold eyes. They, they obviously, everybody's vaccinated. And so with the border changes now, it opens that door to just keep so that's an exciting week here, hey? You oh. know, like you got the Manitoba Derby on the Monday, you've got the Gold Ice playing on the Tuesday, and then every First other day time that in week, two years, right? And then you've got then me playing golf on the Wednesday, <laughs> Very right? Marquee event, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and then you got the Bombers, uh, you Ooh. know, maybe with a packed house right. on, on the Thursday. Um, My son was looking at tickets with a few of his friends last night. He was telling me I haven't confirmed this, so I'll just. Take his word. He said it's hard. If you go right now on the site, there's not very much left in terms of like blocks of tickets. You can find some sporadic tickets. So it's not sold out yet, but it looks like it's getting close to that. So there'll be like, there'll be, I think they close to 30,000, anyways. Yeah. Uh, And what an atmosphere that's going to be. We'll be there, Mike. Yes, we will. We're sending an entourage. Um, you'll be there uh, recovering from your golf game, I guess, the previous day. I don't know about that. You might have a sunburn or something. I'm not really a sunburn guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a great time for sure. Uh, and, you know, my goodness, you look back to last summer and how we were just, we would have taken anything to cover, right? Sports-wise. And now sure, we've yeah. got, and throw in the fact that the Olympics start, the win- the, the right. Summer Olympics start today. Today, today yeah. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot of Manitoba connections, but it's the Olympics. It's which- a busy this weekend for Manitoba Olympians. We've got... Um, let me see if I can get this correct. Uh, we have. Uh, <laughs> I'm, You're I'm, gonna butch, butcher the no, name. No, I have it written all down. I have it all written down here. I, I, I am. I'm gonna butcher the names, and we're gonna be covered. So Tyler Maslauchuk. Yeah. Of course, races in the triathlon. Do you know who Tyler's dad is? Yeah, Fred. Yeah, Freddie he works for TSN. He's, he's a, a t- TSN camera super guy. guy. Seem- so we've got that. We've got Skylar Park in the Taekwondo. That's also on Sunday. Well, she fights late on Saturday. The gold medal match. Would be Sunday morning at seven thirty ish. Ms. Lauchuk's race is four thirty p.m. on Sunday. Kelsey Wog, yeah, we're not exactly one hundred percent sure that she's going to be swimming these because there's a a conflict with one of her other events. But she's scheduled to swim the hundred meter breaststrokes Sunday, 
Uh, it's just a breaststroke. It's not a breaststrokes, by the way. Uh, <laughs> well, you can take more than one, right? <laughs> you do, yeah. So that's Sunday. And and uh, Leanne Kirchman is in Very a good. road race at 11 a.m. on Sunday. So Sunday. is that? Did you say road rage? Ro- road, ra- road, ra- road rage would road, be a great road, Olympic road, event. Road ra- yeah, that There'd be a, a lot of Winnipeg. There would be gold medalists in that. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, no, I'm in some countries around the world. We got nothing to do with road <laughs> New York. rage, man. Yeah, like. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so a busy day on Sunday for uh, Manitoba Olympians. Busy week coming up. For sure. Exciting times to be a sports fan around here. All right, Mike, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Cetera podcast. We've alluded to this noteworthy event a few times throughout the uh, podcast. Um, me, Steve Lines, is making his return to the golf course on Wednesday, August the 4th. I'm playing in a uh, charity tournament at Pine Ridge with the boss. So There's a great story. <laughs> lots of people have been asked me. I, I So I gave up golf, I don't know, I can't even remember four or five years ago. I haven't played much, started hiking, biking, doing all kinds of other stuff or whatever. I used to be obsessed with golf, played a lot of it. And, um, so I just, you know, I just, I didn't know whether I wanted to play anymore. Right. Didn't I mean, it's just doing other things or whatever. And so lots of people have asked me, finally, I got a a message from the boss on Monday or whatever. He's off this week or whatever. He says, do you want me to, do you want to join me at Pinehurst? I'm like, yeah, for sure. We're going to North Carolina. I'll pack my pack yeah. my suitcase. Let's yeah. go. I'm on my way. I always wanted to go to North Carolina. So there's a Donald Ross designed Pinehurst number two, of right. course. Uh, that uh, is, is a, held the know, U.S. Open. Iconic, and, uh, iconic sure. course. But we also have a Donald, a couple of Donald Ross courses here. Uh, they're both across the street from one another. Um, and notably, I'm going to be playing at Pine Ridge. Um, it's got a pine in it anyways. Elmhurst Mike. is the other. It is, yeah. There one. might be another Donald Ross course. I think there is. It might be out of the city. Yeah. We'll have so to Google that. Not Clear Lake, is it? No, Clear Lake is a Stanley Thompson design. Oh, okay. Same guy who designed Niaqua, oh. which I said in my po- uh, playbook this week was the best course in Manitoba. Got a couple of emails Ooh. on that. Well, let me let me throw another uh, one into the ring because I just played it the other day. Uh, I'd say Falcon is up there as one of the best courses in the province as well. Certainly, it's pretty. It is, uh, and man, is it in good shape right now? Like I've played. Uh, I'm not going to diss any courses. No, be careful we, with that. We won't diss any well, courses. But say, yeah, safe certain- to say there are some courses right now, and, and I, I, it's not. Their I think fault. that there's just courses that are designed by renowned golf course architects yeah um southwood niaqua uh elmhurst right um uh, pine ridge uh, and minnewasta uh different places around town clear lake or whatever that are a little better caliber of a course yeah than some of the prettier courses around no, that's true for sure. Did like, I say that if, diplomatically? Yeah, you did say that diplomatically. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'm just talking purely on an aesthetic point of view and the, the condition of the course. Yes, yeah, we've had a drought around here. Yeah. Like it has barely rained. No we drought, got a little bit yeah, this this week. So I've played some courses this year, Steve, that sadly are in really rough shape, like concrete fairways. I mean, it's great. You hit the ball and it just keeps going, just like goes. you hit it on a runway, uh, but. Even getting your tea in the tea box, you need like a mallet, uh, and it's just brown and dead. But my goodness, Falcon Lake is lush and just green. The carpets are like velvety. Uh, the the carpets, the fairways are like velvety. 
green. And so, yeah, I was in great shape uh, and I had a great time. Uh, it's a tougher course for sure than some of the ones that I've uh, that I've played this year. And, and my score was, uh, was, was. Were you over the century mark? I was. I shot 103. Oh. I was 50, 53. All right. Um, and it's funny, the three guys I was How playing. How many balls did you lose? One only. Oh, okay. Just one. See, you know, I, and I found I, like three. I always gauge my game by how many balls you lose. Absolutely. If I could play, if I can play a game with the same ball, mm -hmm. I've had a really good round, probably. Right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and and the last couple rounds, I've I, played. Having said that, I don't go hunting for balls in the bush oh. either, though, Mike. Yeah, you're welcome to go look for my ball if you want, but I'm not. <laughs> I have a really good eye for finding balls, not oh, only my own guys, but other people's, and <laughs> just and I just, love playing with guys like you. Yeah, no, I'm. In fact, I'm I was. Not one of those. I went for a walk uh, a week or so ago. I think you commented on my Strava find any balls. Yeah, and I actually did. I was walking. Well, you I was walking around the in behind Kelowna Golf Course right. down by the river, and I've done this several times already this summer, Steve. Where. I'm in behind the golf course and there'll be guys playing one of the holes like up against the fence looking for a ball. And I, as I'm just in motion walking, I'll see their ball and I'll be like, hey, it's over under these <laughs> leaves. Or I've done that like three or four should times. Be a spotter. I should. Yeah, it's it would be a fun job. But uh, yeah, it's always nice to get out on the golf course. I've played 10 times this year, Steve, which is the most I've played in easily a decade or longer. I want to, I'd like to get out 20 times this year. You know, another golf course, have you played it before Granite Hills? Uh, so yeah, so a couple, I, I could get an email about that where the, a guy said that definitely that's the best golf course I've done uh, in, in the province. Um, I, I, I've never played it, so it's oh. hard to comment on it. I hear it's beautiful. It is. Um, I, I, but, but again, and like I said to him, there's a difference between the most beautiful golf yeah. course and the best golf course. For sure. Yeah. Um, Granite, uh, I've played it. I usually play it once a year, and I think we're gonna, our family's gonna go out and try and play it later this or in August. Um, so we're both off the last week, of August. Yeah, we, off we gotta get out. We go? Well, that we could go. So any we could golf go to pros, Nyakwa. If there's any golf pros out there listening, yeah, want to sponsor us for sure. Invite, yeah. could, uh, <laughs> but I wouldn't mind going to Nyakwa. Although I can guarantee you, I'm gonna lose more than one ball that day if if we do. That's a that's well, we'll have to find so We'll make some calls around, see where we can play a game. Yeah, yeah I used and to we play. Can, we can talk about it, write about it. Yeah. For sure. It'd be uh, our playbooks and my my weekly newsletter. Uh, I used to play at Rossmere. That my buddy Larry Robinson is a, as the pro out of Bridges. Have you played Bridges? I have, yeah. Not for a while, but... I like uh, Bridges. Um, just a quick shout out to Kildonan Golf Course, which I believe this or next week, I think, is their 100th. Wow. And for folks looking for, now it's probably going to be busy as hell, but I believe Kildonan for one week only to celebrate their 100th, they're going to be dropping their rates to $19.21 to reflect their 100 years of, they started in 19. What's the cost to play around a golf It's expensive now. It's a city court. It's like 42 bucks to walk. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is like the same price. So just so you know, right, we, we've got some of the cheapest rates for golf mm -hmm. in the world, uh, but um, because we're Winnipeggers, everything is sky high in price, <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? But so it's 42 bucks to walk. Yeah. Now, but the I'll say this about the city. It used to be like 10 years ago, you could go play Kildonan for like almost half that price. Right. They really started Gouging. after the prices were flat for a long time. And right. then every year it seemed they were like jumping by three or four bucks. And maybe it was to get up to speed with what other jurisdictions were doing. But yeah, it's pretty. Cheap but if I'm going to pay 42 bucks, like I just paid 50 at Falcon this week. Uh, granted, it's a 90-minute drive each way, so right. you're burning $1,000 in gas right, to get right. out there. 
But I mean, I'm going to go play. If I'm going to pay forty or fifty, there's a lot better. No offense to Cologne and better courses. It's you just can, convenient. Yeah. Yeah. There's some nice holes on Cologne. The, 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 for me, the nicest Muni course is Windsor Park. Um, it's just because it, it's along yep. the Seine River there, and there's some really pretty. My buddy holes. Kenny just paid Windsor and said it was in yeah, really it's good really shape. Yeah, really nice. It's always I've always really. Liked I like Park Pinehurst, there. aka Pine Ridge. Right. I'm a big fan uh, of. So you're going to go play, and I, I've heard it's in great shape as well this year. Good. Uh, so you're going to get to experience that in uh, in less than two weeks, and you'll tell us all about all right. it, no doubt. I will. Well, I'm going to go to the driving range tomorrow to see how I can hit Beauty. the eight iron, and uh, then we'll uh, we'll go from there. Anyways, folks, that's it for us. Another edition in the bank. Next week will be episode 71. I don't need to tell you all <laughs> who that one's dedicated to, right? Okay. There's and we're going to be one. There's only one number 71 in this town. That's right. right. Uh, and we're going to do it, I think, next Thursday, which will be the day after free agency. So we can uh, right. we can talk about all the moves the Jets made or didn't make. Didn't make. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, enjoy the uh, the next few days, folks. They should be busy. Yeah, have a great weekend.